Welcome, welcome again, welcome again. Uh, some new new ways of doing things in here. So I already generated a number. I already put the number on the page that I need to speak about. Uh, I don't know which album though, so that's still a surprise, you know. You still have those minutes of seconds at this point, but minutes at the end of this, probably more than one minute uh, of just, you know, a delightful mystery um, about which album I'm going to speak about. And then the mystery is unveiled and, you know, art, the art of podcasting is produced right before your eyes. So it's it's right before your eyes, really. Um, what's, what's there to speak about in, in, in a personal... In, a, in, a, in personal terms, um, sometimes when I listen back to this, uh, when, I, when I've been listening back to the episodes that I published already, uh, I always um, kind of recall almost exactly what I was going through at that, that point in time. So it's interesting that beginning, right, the beginning of the pod, uh, that I speak about the the more personal things. I will have to move places. I will have to leave my current house. Uh, by the moment this is published, I believe I will be long gone from here because it's definitely a month. Um, a month and, and, and probably 40, 40, 50 days that I have to vacate the place. Uh, the owner decided to evict everybody. Uh, everybody from the the apartments that he owns so i'll leave uh the beautiful and noisy dowichio which i uh, learned how to live amongst uh perpetual uh track works and 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 road works and that sort of thing um, a very very lovely time of 18 months of constant noise and and dust and 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 debris, right? Very fond of this place, though. I, I believe that I had uh, nice... I do have nice memories from being here. Like, being, what, a year and a half, sort of, I believe. I do have some, some vivid memories of people that I met around here, people that visit me. Um, you know, things changed a lot ever since the, the 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 last year may last year may 20 2022 yeah so last year uh, especially a lot of changes during the beginning of this year a lot of new revelations and new new you know learning curves to be to be cherished uh, people that i met in 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 uh, new friends that came, you know, because I, I started pretty much friendless when I when I got to this place, or uh, very very sparse friends, um, and you know, as the time went went by, and 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 I was able to figure more stuff out about the way that I see myself and the way that I see how other people see myself. I was able to actually gather some more friends, and and I'm in a rather happy place at this point, um, although a few more friends wouldn't wouldn't hurt. 
but I, I'm, I'm very happy and very fond of all of those that are my friends. I've been cooking to some friends. Uh, one of them is the, a, 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 a boy, a man that I have a podcast with. Uh, I've cooked to the people that I've cooked to the people that lived in his place and, and um, I've been able to stretch that chef muscle as well. I'm not sure if I if I kept that under wraps, but I, I do work in, in hospitality and I do work in, in kitchen at the time uh, at this time and intend to keep going. So um, and it's interesting. It's interesting when you see those things actually paying off and, and all that. Um, a, a bit of a rough time to be moving. I wasn't expecting to it. I wasn't planning on it. Um, but it has to happen. I'll, I'll, I'll see. I'll see where I land, and hopefully, with both, you know, my four, my four. Um, what do you call it? I, I've, you know, hopefully, I land on my feet as good cats usually do, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a cat on that scenario. So yeah, let's let's hope for that. And yeah, trying to get rid of, trying to get rid of things that you always want to get rid of, right? Uh, at the time, at this point in time, um, being very happy with the with the quality of the podcast, the ones that I listen to, I listen to them in very, very specific occasions. Um, I, not necessarily a thing that I do often you know i'd rather listen to all the things as well and 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 get the music going as well and yeah happy happy with after after this year maybe after all of this is done happy to 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 understand what i can be you know i'm 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 curious to see what the future holds for me um hopefully something something good i do i do believe that it has a lot of potential anyway so i have the number here 191 nick cave and the bad seeds push the sky away interesting very cool um an artist that's always on my radar or an artist that I always feel like I have uh, a duty to explore, a duty to, to learn more about it, not only because the longevity of his career, but the depthness of his writing and his thinking and him as a, I mean, a straightforward writer of books, right? He has a couple of novels, maybe three and four, three or four. I've been reading um, Hope Carnage. What's it called? I have it in, right in front of me here. Uh, Hope, Faith, Hope, and Carnage, which is the interview uh, book. It's a conversation book that he has with a with a journalist, with a Irish journalist, I believe. Uh, maybe Scottish. I don't know. And he contemplates a lot of issues about uh, and regarding the change that happened in his life after his son died. His son died in 2017. Uh, his son Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Cave, I believe the, 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 
the boy was like 20 or something like that. He had a lot of kids and with a lot of relationships. I believe three or four, all of them were with different different ma- mothers, you know, and he recently lost another kid as well, uh, Jethro in that case. So he speaks a lot about that. Um, not about Jethro specifically, but more about Arta. Jethro, it's, it's a different situation speaking about the death of that particular kid because the mom is like wants to keep things private and he doesn't touch on that so i i think that when i when i saw him saying that i thought he was a a, a sign of a lot of respect right and and maturity you know mature mat- maturity yeah you know what i mean um to actually respect the wishes you know and because you could easily fall into the into that thing uh, the the death of his son could become like a sort of you know selling point of his persona I'm, 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 I'm sure then none of that is actually you know doable in any way but you can probably think that with the with the recent climate of social media and how uh, people behave usually, you know, it's it's sort of a Munchenhausen culture sometimes, in a way. Uh, obviously, he would never have that sort of approach to it. I think that discussion that he brings about uh, with his son, uh, with Arta, it's a very deep, deeply religious and, and, and like, the, the the way that he deals with grief uh, connects him with his community, with his fans, and connects him with the higher spirit, which he is a Christian, uh, not necessarily by you know traditional means or, or or but he goes to church and he reads the Bible and he has that profound curiosity of a man who is you know wise and intelligent and of course knows the value of that of that tradition and puts that tradition which is his tradition by being australian uh at the forefront of everything so um nick cave you know doesn't need an introduction really i believe you know or if you if you never heard of him the, the basic gist is like the trajectory of his career, he started in a post-punk band, very aggressive post-punk band, the birthday party. He, they, they, they used to play in Melbourne. I believe he is from Melbourne. Moved to the to the UK eventually. Uh, did a bunch of things there. I think his ballad, his uh, murder ballads, were pretty much all recorded between LA and and, and London or something like that. Um, formed the Bad Seeds in the mid-80s. I believe the first Bad Seeds album is 84, which starts with Avalanche from his career. It starts from a, it starts from a cover of Leonard Cohen. So the parallels between those two artists are quite... quite uh, one is the, is the spiritual successor of the other, right? As Leonard Cohen was becoming older and his music was becoming more multifaceted in, in in terms of like the phases that he went through the the folk phase and and culminating in the 80s phase with i'm a, I'm, uh, I'm your man 
So he was speaking to a more broader uh, 80s sort of sensibility at the time. And Nick Cave was the, the, the young, bright kid that actually had sort of the same sense of poetry, sort of the same sense of uh, lustfulness and, 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 and spirit that Leonard Cohen has at the beginning, but in a rock and roll post-punk sort of aggressive interface form, which was the form of the times with the revolution that the punk movement the move, punk movement came to 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 realize in the in the late 70s. So in his career as a singer songwriter and his career within his addictions and within his spirituality and the depth of his writing evolved until we reached the death of his son, which is a new other chapter of his career entirely. So we're speaking about here, uh, Push the Sky Away, which is the first first album of a seemingly, you can call it a trilogy, consi consisted of Push the Sky Away, Skeleton Tree, and Ghost Tin. Ghost Tin, it's hard to say. It's Ghost and Tin, tin at the same time, at the same word. Teenager. Thing, whatever. So, Bush the Skyway represents kind of a turning point as well. Um, sonically speaking, what you can observe, it's a more spacious and, and, and more improvisational uh, handling of things. Uh, his writing became, in this particular album especially, his album is sort of meta. Uh, he ref references songs from, from, in the case of Jubilee Street, right? He, he has the song Jubilee Street, which is very narrative, is very classic Nick Cave, with a more space, spacious approach, with, with the more things have space and room to breathe. Although Push the Sky Way is a very, very much rock and roll record, similar to the ones that he produced at the beginning of the 2000s, namely uh, The Liar of Orpheus and, 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 and the double album. If you, if you look for it, you're going to know. I don't remember what's the Abattoir Blues. So Abattoir Blues, it's the most famous title that there. It's Abattoir Blues slash The Liar of Orpheus. Uh, excellent sort of maturation of the style, the Nick Cave style that the 80s and 90s uh, happened to witness, right? And as you progress, you have the more spacious, the, most, the more um, lived-in sort of lands, landscape sort of approach to things, which he would develop more especially when the, the death of his son brought to him like the depth, like the soul, the depth of soul, right? You really lean on that sort of unabashed, unapologetic way of doing music, you know, improvisational and, and, and very much on the edge between total failure and bliss, right? That's kind of the idea here. And Push the Sky Away is the beginning of that process happening with Nick Cave. Uh, you can expect some 
uh, long-winded. Um, his voice is way more tired. His voice is like it's getting consumed by something already on this album. It's um, maybe the themes in here they they speak more to the search of the spiritual part and like how our society and our culture it's ruptured by the absence of god you can say the absence of that santa um so he leans on uh into music into observation of stories and observations of um like urban the urban atmosphere so you can think of like i don't know a movie would be an example that of that maybe taxi driver you know like an like an outsider looking at the streets but not in the judgmental or anything like taxi driver portraits the 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 the, the maniac the, the travis bickle right the iconic robert de niro um performance nothing like that but sort of that look into the city and 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 putting what he's very good at it's turning it's turning the 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 urban and the decadence and the decay of society nowadays into classic uh portrayals of you know like you would have with like dante you know and and even even like religious figures like he he puts like Christ and a homeless person in the same um, in the same image, right? He he conjures that sort of um, tragic, 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 and 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 he combines. You 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 understand? You you understand what I mean, right? He combines the 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 deranged deranged society with the most sacred things that western society in general was able to produce so he puts those things into perspective for you to see that god is in everything i think that's sort of what he's trying to do in push the sky away and he went a bit he went way further with the two other albums one is way more fragmented than this which is skeleton tree it's a very weird album, it's sort of like, you know, comparing with what Radiohead, I don't know, I compare everything with Radiohead, but it's it's sort of like the Amnesiac, M- 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 you know, the, the, the 2001 album from Radiohead, the one that came after Kid A, it's like Amnesiac in, in, in how it's fragmented and how it's like decadent and dirty, you know, Skeleton Tree is like that. And ghosting is just, you know, pure bliss and asking God for for forgiveness of whatever. I don't know. I don't even know how to how to phrase or, or, or even or even understand exactly what's the what's the depth of the subject matter there. I don't think that even he can understand that. It's it's a love letter to a dead son, essentially. Uh, but that's that's a little bit of a dis- uh, uh, digression. Let's come back to push the sky away, and understand the those roots of him as an artist. Of course, that you have the abrupt uh, 
the abrupt death of his son and that changes pretty much all of his perspective on life you know he changes all everything he says that in the book actually so it changes all of it he it was like looking looking at a bizarro universe a bizarro you know everything is upside down uh, there is no like the f even feeling doesn't have like the same impact like feeling things doesn't make sense anymore because it, the, the 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 grief sort of gets ev clouds everything right and that's obviously not the case with this album but you can probably see and that's kind of risky for me to say maybe but you, you can probably see the premonition of that the premonition of someone who will encounter tragedy at some point, like a real, real uh, tragedy in his life. And it was the actual case of that happening. And Push the Sky Away, it's sort of like, you know, I, I, often, I often backtrack things and I, and I analyze post, uh, like I, I do a post hoc analysis of the, the artist's, uh, that I speak about, like in terms of the discography, in terms of the career, because you have that ma macro vision of where they were going, right? So if you think about Nick Cave in that specific, um, in that specific era, which encompasses like 2000s, right? 2000s and 2010s, you can see that Nocturama is one thing, um, probably trying to divert from 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 uh, the Bobman's call which was a very melancholic and piano driven album and you have sort of like a like a return to basis with the glam with the post punk and the glam rock sort of thing with Nocturama and then you have Abattoir uh, which is like the, the very baroque and in and, and, and very lush instrumentation instrumentation heavy and very lush lush production to it is sort of like um, art rock project of his and after that dig dig lazarus dig also sort of a return to a post-punk and a rock and roll you have the grinderman project and then things started in decay so things started started to decay with this record here so keep that in mind when you when you doing your research you know if if that brings upon any wish to do a research uh, of of this artist, I do believe it's very very worthwhile because it's an it's an amazing it's an amazing journey, you know, to know Nick Cave and to be a Nick Cave fan, and push the skyway starts the sort of third third age of his career. You have the first age, which is the post punk aggressive thing thing. You have the very, very classicist, you know, like a, like a classic rock and roll, art rock, lush production, which is in a way a maturation of the post-punk thing, you know? And you have the, the decay and the dissonance and not necessarily, the, not necessarily being oblique, but going towards that idea. So he was, he was getting oblique as he went along because I think that a lot of artists and a lot of like very veteran artists they tend to get tired of the same exploration of their sounds 
Uh, Scott Walker, it's a very big example of that. Uh, Lou Reed, it's a very big example of that. So they eventually, they go all the way. Tom Waits, of course, very, very, very clear and, and, and like speakable guy that reinvents every single album, right? Elvis Costello also in, in some ways. Not entirely all there, but experimental to, to, to an extent. So they tend to become more oblique. They tend to become more fragmented. Uh, the ways that they try to figure out their compositions and the ways that they try to figure out their process of writing um, gets more complicated and gets more um, improvisational in many ways if they find the right people to improvise with. Uh, and they get, I think, fragmented is the adjective that, I, that I'm looking at. And it would become more prominent with Skeleton Tree, but it really, it starts in here. A very lovely album to start uh, from start to finish, like to, to like he, the, the arch that he, he, he provides in this record is really lovely. Uh, of course, that you have the, the, the long ballads and the bursts of energy that can happen. Like it's, it's very, uh, it's probably the last time I think that we, that we saw um, Nick Cave, like, being fully energized by by the rock and roll spirit, let's say. And it's in this album. Uh, he has plenty of material that does that. He doesn't need to lean on that very much, you know. He, as, a, as, a, as a musician, as a singer-songwriter, he doesn't, as, as a band leader as well, he doesn't need to push those buttons, you know, um, because his method of exploration is proven very prolific. It's proven very very fruitful uh, and honest and i do believe there is no other singer songwriter alive that comes close to what this man represents to music and what his discography um means to me and to popular music in general um in terms of in terms of quality in terms of comparing this and putting Putting this album on a shelf, A, B, C, D, E, you know, a tier list. I'll probably say it's, for me, probably a B tier in terms of Nick Cave albums. Um, I, I put Abattoir Blues, it's like very, very, I'm very fond of that record. And Boatman's Call as well, although I probably never listened to it in its entirety, but, you know, people ain't no good in, in, into my arms are, you know, untouchable, amazing ballads, classics, you know. And I have to say, I have to be honest with you right now, um, because I think we have a honest base relationship here, right, my listener. I have to say that I never listened to his earlier records that much. His latest ones more, I do gel with that sort of energy more. But um, the Henry's Dream and the Good Son and from Eternity and and Away, something like that, like his his '80s run for me never been not because I'm not not because I don't like the music, but just the, the, uh, I sometimes don't have the bandwidth to withstand Nick Cave from that time. 
although that might change very very much because people are usually very very fond of those albums and it's something that he fights sort of against right because he he changed in so many different ways and you know he had so many you know left um curveballs you know from 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 since the beginning he gave the fans so many curveballs in terms of themes and in terms of you know what he was trying to do um maybe some people expect you know that he would be like the murder ballad sort of guy forever and i don't, I don't think he was always i don't think he was never meant to be uh just one thing his is a multitude of composers inside the same man because essentially what he's channeling as a composer as a singer songwriter it's a spirit that's ever changing and a lot of things come into play with that right uh, maturity and of course personal tragedies places that you lived in uh, he lived in sao paulo actually very lovely story about nick cave i might have I might have mentioned that before. So I actually went like the first Yeah, I don't have I don't have any other Nick Cave in here. So I, I don't understand why I would say that in any other episode. Maybe that came into uh it's it, there's an interesting connection there somewhat because he lived in Sao Paulo for probably two or three years. He has like pictures in Sao Paulo and all that. He composed, I believe it was the early 90s, so I was being born at that time, but um, anyway, not that that matters in any, any way. But I went to the same bar that he used to hang out on the first dates with my, with my former girlfriend. So we, we actually, I actually knew that because it was a famous bar and people that I worked with knew about that as well. They, they used to say, oh, Nick Cave used to hang out on over there bar over there which is a very very famous bar always always packed uh, you know all throughout the weekend it's a very very pretty much like a new town if you're from sydney you know what i'm talking about pretty much like a new town sort of sort of place right it's the mercearia de são pedro which is like the the the, the market of san, san peter something like that uh, roughly translating so and he used to he has you know him sitting on a table and he used to live nearby and he was always there and he didn't understand anything that anyone was saying but he was kind of like oh he's the gringo you know he's the he's the guy that lives in here in and he had of course notoriety with some um, with some publications and all that but i mean nothing close to what he eventually uh, came to be as a figure which doesn't doesn't go over his head at all i mean he seems like a like in terms of character and in terms of like artistic integrity and human integrity he's one of the guys that i look up to the most right he's uh probably my dad first place uh and leonard cohen and nick cave as two seconds there you know figures there uh, through their work and through their, you know, writings, I, I feel like they have immense integrity, and yeah, 
but they are very fun. I mean, my dad takes like a very, very, very high place then, right? Ob obviously and, and well, well deservedly so. In terms of men in my life that I admire. And yeah, really, truly admire his his character. Try to reach out to him many, many times because he has a blog that he answers questions from fans. I probably published like close to five or six questions. Uh, it's, he receives like a thousand a day, so I imagine uh, that might be an impossible mission, but you never know. Uh, so yeah, first song that I ever learn how to sing was into my arms because we do have similar voices some similar voice registers so it's easy for me to pull johnny cash off and nick cave off and leonard cohen so that's probably why i also admire those men um and that's it i think that's it you have pushed this guy away it's it's a banger of an album like the you know like the podcast is named so that's uh, that's an interesting. It's it's a uh, it's a banger. I definitely babbled about a banger in here. So push the sky away. 2013 album from Nick Cave. I do believe he has like the same sort of personnel that the later records also had, um, namely Warren Ellis. Um, which he does soundtracks with and he does all sorts of projects with Warren Ellis. Uh, he has like Nick Cave and Warren Ellis, like Carnage, I believe is an album from the, them both. It's not a bad, bad seeds project. And that's it. Totally chameleon, but very, very um, integral part of music history and definitely helped, you know, make music something even more worth worthwhile with the depth of his songwriting and with the depth depth of his honesty and the way that he tells stories and the way that he portrays things, you know, the way that he portrays the profane and the sacred on the same breath, you know, something that Leonard Cohen used to do a lot. Um and I, I do believe that he grabbed that from him. No, no wonder Avalanche, you know, which is the one of the most um, brooding songs from Leonard Cohen, from songs of songs of love and hate. Uh, he starts his career with that uh, with that song, with the cover of that song, and it, it's a very very uh, dark and gothic cover, which the original doesn't have that. In, in the sound, but it it des definitely has that in character, right? And I I do believe that he drank from that, from that, that and many more. But I think Leonard Cohen has a a like a big place on on his on, on occupies a big space on his imagination as a singer songwriter. Uh, push the sky away is the beginning of the fermentation. It would be interesting to see. Kind of maybe he comes back to that approach. It would be interesting to see what the progression of that sort of sound would look like. Impossible to say. I don't think necessarily that's a desirable uh, thing. Also to expect because what came afterwards is the true like production from his soul. You know, I don't think he was pandering to any 
any sort of agenda or any sort of anything external, right? He's a guy that honed out. Um, he really figured out how to channel the the thing that he would, you know? How does he want to say something? He channeled that process of getting to the point of, you want, of what he wants to say. And there's a lot of work involved. You know? he, he, he explains a lot of that of that in the red hand files uh, which is like the the, the 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 website that i mentioned that i write the songs to him you know in a in a desperate cry for the attention of nicholas cave i do believe that's about it i think that i have to well 36 minutes is great Great stuff. This is a classic episode. You know, more than 30. Always good. Very good. And I'm happy with that. I was uh, a little bit afraid that those... My capacity to podcasting would probably fizzling out. Uh, again, I know that people from the US are listening and, and Belgium from some reason. So I'll, I'll, I'll make an effort to always thank you to listen to this. For you to listen, you know, uh, there's a bunch of people from Sydney as well. I see, but that maybe be myself or, or um, you know, here and there people that I that I met that I that I mentioned. That, you know, I, I used to be sort of ashamed of this. I used to think that I, you know, that because everything that I did up until this point, kind of in my life, uh, it, it never, it never. I was never really proud of anything because I'm I'm never really proud of I was never really proud of myself to begin with, right? Uh some people that I met and some like the friends that I that, are, that I that I mentioned at the beginning of this and and some people more on the romantic side as well. They they although long gone and 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 sort of forgotten, but long gone recently they they kind of opened my eyes to my to my value so i i sometimes when i look inside of myself i i, I see the value that i really have not in an egotistical or narcissistic way i think that i that i steer away from from that sort of thing but uh, when you don't have when you don't have anything like remotely that remotely looks like self self uh, respect right or self or self love in a way i don't know if that's if that's even a thing but um it it takes a while for you to really see like that you okay you know that people are uh, are all right with you and and uh, the 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 things that you see that it's are perceived as a problem it's it's things that you create right it's things that is that is the problem problems that you create yourself about yourself and i had some experience experiences just one really but i had some some encounters onto which i both friendly and also friendly but he had a romantic inclination to them 
that helped me at the beginning of this year, like to sink so deep into not having that anymore and to questioning that so much, you know, not having that. Uh, both friends and romantic interactions that I kind of blamed everything on the fact that I'm actually shit, you know, which is not the case, and it's not, and it shouldn't be the case for anyone, right? Nobody should ever feel like the way that I felt about myself, you know? I don't wish, because I do think that it came from, from a real place, but it's just cognitive bias, right? It's just you're so used to not having anything happening in front of you and everybody just kind of, you know, seemingly dodging you in many ways as well, which is never never the case also, but it can seem that way and it's pretty cruel. So when some people in my life decided to stay recently and they've been staying for, for the last couple of months, that's been like really beneficial and it's really really nice to see like some resemblance of a uh, of some roots actually being being put in place in sydney and obviously my brother as well you know like the always loved him but that love was kind of hard to to shine through sometimes especially if you consider those those uh those perspectives that i had so we went through some stuff together and I do believe that their love is actually shining through way more now. And it's only waiting to be even more of that. So I'm, I'm trying to exercise that sort of understanding and that sort of thinking. Uh, this week and this particular time is sort of very dark for me. I do... I do feel myself getting, getting falling into some tendencies that I don't. I'm not really a big fan of um, the whole, you know, no, no worded and hopeless sort of thing being one of them. But this is an exercise of perspective and obviously gratitude, right? I'm, I'm very grateful to everything that I had and the capacity that I had to. You know, I, I, I think that I, 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 I honestly try to do my best. I do. I do. And, I mean, the, oh, the whole point was that this podcast is sort of like a mirror to that. And it's not necessarily a mirror, but it's um, because it's just me speaking about the most important things that I, that I know in, in relationship to music, right? Um, that that has to be honest, and that's an interesting portrait portrait of my trajectory so far. And I, when I listen to it, I think it's a really nice thing. I think it's a really nice thing. And yeah, I hope that you feel the same. I know it's not like Stella Entertainment. It's not like you know, it's not gonna play in the whatever where. I don't know, but. Um, it doesn't need to be, you know. The only thing that it's important here is that you're listening to this still. And yeah, and I, again, you can't imagine how important that is for me that you're actually listening. Because I, I bothered with 
recording, so you better listen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Goodbye.